Welcome back to the Intermission Sports Podcast. This is the NFL Conference Championship Edition. This is the 21st episode of the Intermission Podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and I am joined by Casey, Dalton, Sam, and Thomas. What's going on, everyone? Not too much. Super excited. It's a championship weekend. So, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend of football. Two games, but you know what? It's good football. We get four great teams playing. Yeah, Phil's only one left out of all of our teams who's still in the playoffs. Yeah, so we got a couple of uh, games this weekend. Last week, obviously, we saw Henny God won it for the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes got injured, but he has been cleared today. He is out of concussion protocol, so he will be playing against the Bills. We'll get into that a little bit later, but first, Sam has a little bit of an update on what's happened over the last week in the NFL because quite a lot has happened. Sam, take it away. Yeah, so two major news uh, stories that broke was obviously Philip Rivers uh, has announced his retirement after 17 seasons in the NFL, 16 with the Chargers, one with the Colts. Uh, some kind of quick career accolades for Philip Rivers. He is uh, in three major stack priorities. He, he currently ranked or he's currently ranked fifth where he finished, which was completion, completed passes at 5,277, passing yards at 62,440, and passing touchdowns at 421. Um, he's made eight pro balls. He's got 134 and 106 all-time record 240 consecutive starts uh, just behind Brett Favre you know played alongside some legendary players like Antonio Gates and Ladanian Tomlinson um, but obviously was unfortunately never able to make it to the Super Bowl win a Super Bowl he did make it to an AFC championship game in 2007 which he played without an ACL but ended up losing to the Patriots the undefeated Patriots who would go on to lose to yes the New York Giants in a legendary Super Bowl loss um, obviously, and I just got one little quick quote from uh, Philip Rivers. And obviously, this is every year, January 20th is a special and emotional day. It is uh, St. Sebastian's Feast Day, the day I played in the AFC Championship without an ACL. And now, the day after 17 seasons, I'm announcing my retirement from the National Football League. And obviously, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he does get into the Hall of Fame or not. But uh, regardless, a legend in the league. And uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, Nine out of his 17 seasons, uh, he was able to have a winning record. So, yeah. Uh, in other news, uh, Dwayne Haskins has signed a future-slash-reserved contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the former first-round pick was waived by the Washington football team one month ago. Uh, Dwayne Haskins has played in 16 games, 13, 13 starts. He has a 3-10 three, three and 10 record, 12 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, only a 60.1 completion percentage and 2,800 passing yards, most notably for his off-field antics and taking a selfie with a fan after his first win. All righty, let's uh, now move into the games for this weekend. Obviously, the AFC and NFC Championship game of this weekend. First, let's start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are favored by three points going into this weekend. Uh, who do you guys have taken home the W to go with the who do, you, who do you guys have winning the game to go to the Super Bowl? And uh, will the Packers cover the spread? Um, so, first of two games this week, both a great matchup, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, Tom is a playoff vet. He knows how to win games, but he's going up against Aaron Rodgers, who has had his career best season at over 35 years old. Um, I like the Packers off this week. I know like that game was different when they played earlier this season, but the Bucks have been on a tear recently. I like three points in favor of the Packers, though. 
So I feel like it will be a, a field goal kind of game, even though it is a rare occasion to see Mason Crosby kick a field goal. Um, yeah, I will take the Packers minus three, but it's one of those games, again, I think I'll probably say this for both games. I wouldn't be surprised if either team won because, again, this is the NFC Championship. This is for pretty much all the marbles to get in the Super Bowl. Both teams are banged up. I know Tampa Bay is without Antonio Brown this week, but, I mean, they still have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and the boy himself, Scotty Miller, Julian Edelman Jr. Um, it'll be a good offensive matchup. Also, don't forget about it, that these are two of the best statistical defenses in the league. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Packers cover minus three. Let's see if Mason Crosby can, you know, solidify his legacy in Green Bay. Yeah, when you look at, you know, the games the Packers have really been through this year, probably the team that gave, you know, Aaron Rodgers the most trouble this year, you know, was in week six with the Bucks. Like, it was probably his worst game of the year. And I don't know, like, I feel like that game where they played against the Rams, I know the Rams, you know, are like the top defense going in, but Aaron Donald barely played. And you could see it because, he, like, the blocking was amazing. Like, the blocks they were getting when Aaron Donald wasn't playing was amazing. And I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a bit different because the Bucks do have a really good, you know, defensive line, really good pass rushers. And they're also really good at stopping the run. So, I don't know. I feel like they can stop, they can stop the run, you know, kind of stop the play-action game a little bit. I feel like the Bucks have a good chance to win, but... I don't know. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is so locked in right now. And I feel like he's pretty much due to go back to the Super Bowl. And I want to see him win. I don't want to see Tom Brady, who's like 70 years old, going to another Super Bowl. I don't think anybody really wants to see that. So, yeah, I feel like the Packers should be able to win this. They have so many weapons and they're clicking right now. And the defense is still playing good enough. I'll take the Packers in this one. Um, a quick injury report, just so everyone knows. Confirmed Antonio Brown is out of the conference, the NFC Championship game. And Antoine Winfield Jr. is questionable for the Packers. Kingsley Kiki is out with a concussion. And Kevin King with a back injury is questionable. Yeah, I think uh, no understatement on saying that uh, Antonio Brown is definitely the most impactful guy on that injury report. Um, with or without Brown, I, I would take the Packers to win this game purely based on the fact that I think they're playing such a complete style of football right now. If you can beat the number one scoring defense in the league by 14 points, that's not a fluke. And by contrast, I think that week six, what, 38 to 10, like absolute pummeling that Green Bay took. Yeah, that might be playing in Tampa Bay's heads, but I really don't think that that was anything to be worried about. That was probably an anomaly of a game. And I think something else that's going to really contribute to this game beyond the injuries is the fact that this game is in Green Bay. Got a group of Florida boys going up somewhere where it's supposed to snow one game day. It's going to be around 30 degrees Fahrenheit. And I just don't see them being able to overpower the weather and the absolute terror that Aaron Rodgers is on this year. He just looks possessed when he throws the football. Him and Devontae Adams have been absolutely outstanding. And even if Tampa Bay can shut down Adams, then they're still going to have to top belt this Scantling. So, yeah, take Green Bay on this one. I like the spread. I like the field goal. Um, so, yeah. 
Yeah, um, this is going to be a very interesting game. I think it's going to be a very close game between the two teams. And I think that week six matchup is going to be kind of like between the matchup that the Saints had with the Bucks, where it's not going to matter. You know, it's going to be a different game. It's in a different location. Uh, the team's gotten a lot better, and the Packers are on a tear. They tore apart the number one defense in the Rams last week, and I think that no, they're not going to do the same. They're not. They're not going to have their total way with the Buccaneers defense. But I do think the Packers are going to win. Um, yeah, with Antonio Brown in or out, I just don't think it's going to be enough of a difference uh, for to in regards to for the Buccaneers to take home the win and to advance to the Super Bowl. But it is Tom Brady. He's in the playoffs. You never know what's going to happen. You can never undervalue Tom Brady, uh, especially in the championship game. But I still think the Packers are going to take it, and I will take them to to cover the spread. It's going to be a seven-point victory. No matter where this game was being played, I was going to take the Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers looks absolutely dialed in. Clearly the MVP frontrunner, probably going to win it. Not a big deal. But they're playing in Lambeau Field. I don't know if there's snow in the forecast, but Casey just said it's uh, 30 degrees. Um, It's Lambeau, so yeah, it's cold. Uh, Luckily for the Bucs, Tom Brady even though he's playing in Tampa now, is from New England. He's played in his fair share of snowballs. However, this whole team hasn't, and they're not as good on paper this year as the Packers. Just the Packers teams look like they're having fun. Did you see the video where pre-snap Aaron Rodgers kind of did a little smirk, you know, the little discount double-check smirk towards the camera? We love to see it. Um, it is important to note, Dalton mentioned it, Vita Vea is back this week for the Bucs. That's a big help for them on the defensive end. But I'm taking the Packers in this one. I had them going to the Super Bowl before the season started, kind of on a whim just because I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to go off because they took Jordan Love. But my God, this team looks really fun to watch, and I can't wait to see how far they go. Make it to the Super Bowl. Come on. All right, our next matchup is the AFC Championship game between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so, yeah, the Chiefs are favored by three points going into this game. Uh, who do you guys think is going to take home the W to advance to the Super Bowl 55? And will the Chiefs cover the spread? This is such a great game. You know, who would have thought that the Bills would be competing for a Super Bowl appearance, a Super Bowl appearance right now? They're a really good team. These are two really good teams. And now that we know that Mahomes is back for this game, that just adds so much more to it. I will stick with my buck. Sorry, with my bills for this week's game. Um, I've been sworn in. You know, I, I I defended them two weeks in a row now, and I'll make it three. I like them to cover that spread. Obviously, if they if they're going to win the game, don't count out the Bills or the Chiefs. I know it sounds stupid to state that, but I mean, this is going to be a great game. Uh, both teams have really good defenses in their respective fields. You know, the Chiefs have been really good against the pass. Both teams are weak against the run, though, which is interesting because neither teams like to run the ball very much. It wasn't until like halftime the Bills had their first rushing attempt last week. If they can get Singletary going, it's going to be a good game. I know Zach Moss is out. That's a big hit for them because he's you know a dual threat running back that can both catch and run. But yeah, I'll take Josh Allen and the boys. But again, it's the Chiefs. They're the reigning champs. It's their it's their one seed to lose. But, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to see the Bills Mafia's video before and after the game. You know, the Super Bowl is going to allow 22,000 fans to be in attendance, including 7,500 um, healthcare workers. Big note. Um, and I hope they're all Bills fans if, if the Bills make it, because I want to see some doctors and nurses and cops and firefighters jumping through tables, throwing snowballs at each other. They need that vacation. Florida, baby. Yeah, you know who I'm taking. The Buffalo Bills. Like... I'm so thankful that Chad Henney isn't playing because I was terrified of him. 
But yeah, thank God Mahomes is playing. It gives us a greater chance. I'm joking, but the Bills have been on such a hot streak, you know, like for the past couple, like few months, really, if you think about it. Like if you take away that Arizona game, this team has won 12 straight games in a row. They've been playing nearly perfect football in almost all these games. And they show that the defense can actually step up and win them games. They shut down Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, who are one of the hottest offenses coming into the postseason. And sure, you know, maybe they played like a few bad teams, but still you can't take away that they were red hot and they just steamrolled the Titans. And the Bills come in, they absolutely shut down Lamar, shut down that offense, only allowed three points. Should have been like nine or something like that. But you know what, Justin Tucker, he can miss kicks. I don't care. But yeah, I feel like the Bills, you know, I know Kansas City is Kansas City. And, you know, they have probably the best offense in the league. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can you explain how the Ravens steamrolled the Titans as a one well, touchdown like, game? I mean, like, they played really well. They shut down Derrick Henry okay. and they played a dominating game. That's what I mean. Okay, I agree with that. But, yeah, the Bills just, like, pretty much just asserted their dominance. But, yeah, I get that the Chiefs, you know, they're not the Ravens offense. And... You know, they're way better than that. And they have the best tight end in the league and one of the best receivers in the league and probably the best quarterback in the league too. But I don't know. I believe in the Bills. And I feel like Josh Allen's going to come out dotting. He's going to find Stephon Diggs. And yeah, I've got the Bills winning this one. I feel like they can pull it off, honestly. I just have that feeling. And Dalton's good luck charm. Every time he said the Bills are going to win, they win. So I'm going to stick with that. I love this matchup so much, especially when you compare it to the NFC is really like two of the all-time great quarterbacks. We've got the next gen in the AFC. I think this is going to be great. Um, there have been reports coming out uh, in the last little bit that Patrick Mahomes is dealing with a lingering toe issue. Do I think that's going to do anything? No, but it's just something to note. Um, and I've said it all season, the Chiefs are a beatable team. I just don't think Buffalo is the team that's going to beat them. I am taking Kansas City in this one. So it goes without saying that to have a chance at stopping Kansas City from getting to their second straight Super Bowl, Buffalo is going to have to play an absolutely perfect game, which they have been doing a lot of recently. I will give that defense credit. They're allowing an average of 13 and a half points per game, but they haven't played an offense like this. So with the Chiefs offense, you can shut down Tyree Kill. You can shut down Travis Kelsey, but they've got a whole 1B lineup that can be just as bad as their 1A guys. And they've shown that they're not scared to use them. And they've also shown that they're not scared to call gutsy plays with their full on backups. Like, was anyone expecting that call with Chad Henney in the game last time? No. Um, Andy Reid is playing with some massive, massive balls right now that I just, I think that this play calling is going to be really interesting. Um, you've got a younger head coach going up against Andy Reid, who's clearly been here before. First coach in the history of the NFL to lead a team to three straight um, conference championship games at home, did it with the Eagles, now doing it with the Chiefs. Um, and yeah, honestly, I'm just not ready to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I know people say don't bet against Tom Brady, and I did, sue me. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes in this situation. I think one day Josh Allen could have that same reputation where you don't want to bet against him. I just don't think he's there yet. Mahomes has been in this situation before. They were down in every single playoff game last year and they won the Super Bowl. Josh Allen just hasn't been in this kind of pressure cooker. And I think that is going to be the biggest difference. So take Kansas City to cover the spread. Yeah, I'm taking Kansas City too. I got to stick to my bracket that I originally made uh, for when we filled when we filled this out, like the animation bracket. I, I got Kansas City winning over Buffalo. I, I just don't want to bet against Patrick Holmes. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what his health status is. 
if he's going to be 100%, he's probably going to be maybe 80 to 85%. Like, he's not going to be fully, fully healthy. But, you know, 85% Patrick Holmes is probably better than any other quarterback in the league or just as good as probably Josh Allen. I'm just going to say that. Bit of a hot take. But um, I think that the Chiefs offense is going to be really tough for the Bills defense to slow down. And as much as the Bills defense have been playing really good, like Casey has said, averaging 13 points gamers on the down. But they've got Travis Kells, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, uh, Clyde Edwards, I believe yeah, they got Sammy Watkins. Yeah, Clyde Edwards Hilaire as well. Uh, so if you stop one guy or two guys, they've got another two other guys that you've got to stop. So it's going to be really tough for the Bills. They're going to have their work cut in for them. But uh, yeah, so I'm taking the Chiefs to win and they will cover the spread. I think that's a really interesting point, Sam, um, about Patrick Mahomes' health. I've had one concussion in my life. and It was a very, very minor concussion. And I'm not in the NFL. I don't take constant headshots all game i had to like stay home from school and i couldn't be on my phone for more than for for at least a week this guy gets his head planted into the ground and doesn't know where he was for a solid 30 seconds and he's playing and he's cleared within a week i i don't get how he's back i mean i know it's patrick mahomes i I know it's the afc championship game but you have to really consider like what's going on with that with the NFL concussion protocol because I, I think it happened to Josh Allen last year, this year. I mean, he had the same thing. He got like nailed in the head and he was back by the next week. And like it happens with tons of NFL players. Like they mismanage concussions. They made a whole movie about it as well. Like it was yes. yeah. So that was uh yeah, it's it's an interesting point as well to the fact that quickly, Thomas. I just wanted to say that, you know, Mahomes conquered his concussion pretty much as fast as, you know, Trump conquered COVID. All right. So basically Patrick Mahomes is 38 and eight in his career. So that's that right there is pretty insane, right? Okay. Who cares about the past? This man can play. Now, as everyone's mentioned, he's probably not completely there. I don't exactly know. It didn't even, he didn't get hit in the head. He got hit in the spine, it looked like. It looked like he got hit in a nerve or something, and he looked gone. Like, I don't know, man couldn't stand it all. But I believe in this Chiefs team because of Andy Reid, probably being one of the smartest coaches in the NFL, clearly the one with the biggest balls, as Casey said, because who calls on fourth and one a quarterback keep with Chad Henney? The Henney got himself booked their ticket to the AFC Championship game. Chad Henney. I don't know. The amount of weapons on the offensive side of the ball is insane for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Edwards Hilaire probably should be back. They got Le'Veon Bell. Um, even that uh, uh, something Williams guy been tearing it up. Um, Mike, Mike Williams or not Mike Williams? Uh, uh, Damian Williams. Damian, Damian Williams. Williams. Yeah. Oh, Daryl Williams. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of the Damian. They Darryl. had they had one last year, and then they had one this year that are both D yeah. Williams. So and they have, they also have D Thompson, Darwin Thompson. Like they have. Yeah. They have Demarcus Robinson. They have tons of Ds. But this team has just so many weapons on the, on the offensive side of the ball. Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins. It's insane. The defense definitely is suspect. I think it's very um kind of shaky. They've given up a lot of, uh you know, the Honey Badger. Sometimes he looks like he's insane. And then sometimes he's getting beat by other teams' top receivers. So I think that's where Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs should go and try and uh, get a matchup advantage because Diggs is a lot better, in my opinion, than the Honey Badger is. All due respect, he's a great player, but he ain't Stephon Diggs. Like, that's not a Xavier Howard-Stephon Diggs matchup or like a Jari Alexander-Stephon Diggs matchup. It's, it's 
kind of shaky. Um, I'm going to take the Chiefs to win this one just because of that offense, but it's going to be a close game for sure. But it's not the Bills' time yet, in my opinion, and the Chiefs are going to cover. All right, yeah. Before we wrap up, we, we wanted to obviously the uh, NFL Hall of Fame finalists were announced. Um, so we kind of all picked uh, a, fi- a player to choose and stuff, and we're kind of give a short exp- short explanation uh, to uh, why we think they should be in the Hall of Fame. And yeah, just a short explanation. Why we, yeah, they, why they deserve in the NFL? Why they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Quickly, these are the the finalists. There's 15 finalists for the modern era player finalists of the NFL Hall of Fame. It is Jared Allen, Rondi Barber, Tony Baselli, Leroy Butler, Alan Feneca, Tory Holt, Calvin Johnson, aka Megatron, John Lynch, Peyton. Manning, Clay Matthews Jr., Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, Reggie Wayne, and Charles Woodson. The first year of eligibility belongs to Jared Allen, Calvin Johnson, Peyton Manning, and Charles Woodson. And there's a good chance that 75% of those players that I just named in the first year of eligibility probably get in first ballot. All right, so yeah, I'll run it first. Um, I chose to talk about Jared Allen this week. Um, I feel like he's one of the more unsung guys that we've seen coming to Hall of Fame voting recently. Uh, he has a lot of good career numbers, but th- there's like a, uh, a PFF, so like pro football focus, like they value and weight a guy's chance of getting into Hall of Fame. So most defensive ends, it needs to be around 101, like on, like on their scale. And according to them, Jared Allen sits at around 69. Uh, also his career number, nice. So yeah, he... Uh, was a defensive end. He played for four different teams, uh, the Chiefs from 2004-2007, the Vikings from 2008-2013, the Bears 2014-2015, uh, and the Panthers in 2015. Uh, in 2015, he was cut by the Panthers and then signed a one-day contract back with the Vikings and, re- and retired with them. He's most known for his Vikings career. Yeah, he played in 187 games and had 136 sacks, which ranks 12th all-time. Um, 648 total tackles with 503 of them being solos. Uh, 171 of those tackles are for loss, which is fourth all time. 228 QB hits, 32 forced fumbles, six interceptions as a defensive lineman, 19 fumbles recovered, two defensive touchdowns, 58 passes defended. And most notably, he is responsible for four safeties, which is the most all time long any defensive player. Um, it's hard to tell if he'll make the hall of fame or not. Uh, defensive end is a very heavy position when it comes to that, that honor. Um, but I can't say whether or not he'll make it, you know, sometime in the future. Uh, but Jared Allen, he has great career numbers. Uh, he's a great locker room guy. We all know that. Um, we've heard stories about him for years. He's a fierce competitor. The Vikings loved him. He played in a tough division when he was in the when he played for the Vikings back when you know the, the Packers were where they are now. Yeah, not too sure if he'll get in this year or not, but his numbers speak for themselves. Yeah, for my player, I went with honestly one of my favorite players ever, and it's Charles Woodson. Guy is an absolute animal. He played 18 years as a defensive back in the NFL, and like that is no easy task. He was playing until he was 39 years old. Like you usually see guys re- like starting to regress when they're, you know, hitting their early 30s, like 32, 33, something like that, and they start taking a step back. But it was weird. Charles Woodson almost took his, like, game, like, another level forward when he got – when he was playing in Green Bay. When he was 35, when Green Bay had that Super Bowl run, not to mention he was amazing in the playoff run, but he also had seven interceptions that year as a 35-year-old 
cornerback, which is crazy. He's had nine Pro Bowls, 65 career interceptions. And the guy's just a legend. Like, when you think of one of the best cornerbacks ever, like, sure, Deion Sanders comes to mind, a bunch of people, but Charles Woodson is one of them, too. Great safety, great cornerback, great team player. And, yeah, I love the guy. Like, I remember watching him back when I was watching that 2011 Green Bay Super Bowl run. He was just an animal. And, yeah, I do believe he deserves to get in the Hall of Fame. Also, four-time to- four first-team All-Pro. He's also played a month, five weeks, and he has 13 TDs, like defensive TDs, which is crazy. Yeah, I'm, yeah, my pick is definitely Charles Woodson. I love the guy. He's a great player. Definitely deserves to be a Hall of Famer. All right, for my pick, I went with the one, the only, Peyton Manning. So an illustrious NFL career spanning from 1998 to 2015, in which he won the MVP five times, two-time Super Bowl champ after four Super Bowl appearances, and finished his career with, and I've practiced saying this number out loud because I can't read numbers, 71,940 passing yards and 539 passing TDs. And I think the sole, like the defining factor in the fact that he is a Hall of Famer is the way that he took not one, but two teams from being completely irrelevant to being Super Bowl champions within his career span. So he was traded to Denver uh, for the 20 at the end of the 2011 season for the 2012 season. And he took that team from being eight and eight and 25th in the league in points four to being 13 and three and second in points four. The immediacy with which he was able to turn around that franchise is a testament to his level of skill and just what he can do as an individual for a team. Um, it's also something that we haven't really seen much of until Brady did this year with Tampa Bay in terms of being able to immediately repeat success um, in a completely new franchise and a completely new system. And even before that, when he was in Indy, so he transformed a floundering fran- franchise into a perennial playoff contender. And there's a reason Lucas Oil Stadium is commonly referred to as the house that Manning built. So there's no secret that they were um, going to be getting a new stadium. But the way that he- when he got there, nobody cared about anything other than basketball and the Indy 500. Peyton Manning comes in, takes them on a Super Bowl run in twenty uh, in two thousand seven. The next year, they get their big, sparkly, brand new stadium. Um, that so yes, they were going to get a new stadium at some point, but he definitely expedited that process. So before Manning was drafted by Indy in 1998, in which he started for them immediately after, uh, Jim Irsay's franchise had never hosted a home playoff game in the city, and Peyton Manning shows up, and suddenly they're Super Bowl champions. Um, just under 10 years later. So his first playoff game came in his second season when the Colts went from worst to first. So from 13, three and 13 to 13 and three Manning is not only a pillar for both teams that he's played for, but he's a pillar for the sport of football in the NFL as a whole, which is why he belongs in the pro football hall of fame as a first ballot hall of famer. Uh, my player that I chose was Reggie Wayne, uh, obviously a notable player with with Peyton Manning, who played alongside him with uh, in Indianapolis for a number of years for 13 seasons. Overall, if you look at his career, at 82 total touchdowns, 14,000 total uh, receiving yards, 1,000 total receptions. Uh, he had a 763. Y- he also had 760 receptions for first downs. Like, you know, obviously by, by first down, he had a catch uh, percentage of 62.40%, which is quite impressive. Just, you know, his highest was like 68% uh, on the season, on the on point of the season. Only had 10 fumbles of the year. He's a six-time Pro Bowler, one-time Super Bowl champion. And I think he really deserves to be in the Hall of Fame because he's a really underrated receiver. And obviously, stats aren't like, obviously, when you go look at the Hall of Fame, stats are one thing they look at and how many Super Bowls he won and how many Pro Bowls he went to. But also, they also look at the type of player that you were on and off the field and the type of leader that he was and i think reggie rain really uh was a great uh, role model 
in that essence and the way that he's able to really uh, help lead Indianapolis to a uh, Super Bowl. So that's why he's my pick for a uh, pro football hall of fame. All right. I'm going to double up. I was supposed to just do Zach Thomas, but I'll start with Calvin Johnson, Megatron, because Kalen's not here. And I'm going to talk about him because he's on first year of eligibility he has. So if he gets in, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He sadly only played nine seasons, I believe. And the amount of like receiving yards is insane for the amount of years he played. So currently he ranks 20... No, excuse me. He ranks 32 on the all-time receiving list except he's only played obviously nine seasons let's look at the guys ahead of him michael irvin who played 12 years only had less than 300 yards more than him he made the hall of fame we have don maynard who is like 200 yards above him made the hall of fame charlie joiner art monk the list goes on and on. Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Chris Carter, Tim Brown, Tony Gonzalez. Like these are the guys ahead of him right now. Jerry Rice in receiving yards. They're all in the Hall of Fame. Megatron, obviously, he was in Detroit. We know how the Detroit Lions were. Spent his whole career there. Team is so bad. They made one of the best receivers of all time have to call it early. He's only 35 years old and he hasn't played in six seasons. Think about that. He retired in his 20s. A couple accolades, six-time Pro Bowl, three-time first-team All-Pro one-time second-team All-Pro, made the 2010s All-Decades team for the NFL. He was the NFL 2012 receptions leader. He was the co-leader for receiving touchdowns in 2008. And he's also in the College Football Hall of Fame, if you want to consider that. But we know Megatron was an absolute beast looking away from the stats. Just kind of like, imagine how we look at DK Metcalf now. Imagine if DK Metcalf was the best receiver in the NFL year in, year out. Him, him and Larry Fitzgerald were like always the guys you wanted on your team. The, the Lions clearly, absolutely Dalton. They did do him dirty because him and Stafford, careers wasted away in Detroit. Like it's, it's a disgrace how badly they were treated in Detroit. And like, I don't know, he was a beast. Like he was called Megatron for a reason. Like, I don't know. I think he should clearly make the Hall of Fame. As a closeted Lions fan, you know, I have a lot of friends who are from the Michigan area. That guy was an animal. I mean, his prime was when uh, I was a lot younger. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he was triple covered at the line. Oh, yeah. Like, n- n- you don't see that. You, you, see, you, know, you see guys, like, they break into a play and they get double coverage. Or when the ball goes up, like, a, a safety converges and there's three guys on him. There were three guys on Megatron at the line, plus two safeties or one safety up high. And he still had all those touchdown catches and those receptions. That, like, that's like unimaginable. People knew how good this guy was. And he was just so big and athletic enough that he was going to make that catch most of the time. He, and like, like, the, the Lions wasted his career. And Matt Stafford's going through the same thing right now. It's unfortunate. It was, it was literally a two-man show in Detroit for years. And now it's a one-man show with uh, Matthew Stafford and it's terrible. Like, as you said, they can triple coverage him because there's no one else for them to throw the ball to. And he's still coming up and making grabs. So um, he's definitely going to make the hall of fame, whether it's first ballot or not, we'll see, but let's move on to Zach Thomas. This is a second straight year. Zach Thomas has been a finalist for the NFL pro football hall of fame or just the pro football hall of fame, former Miami dolphins, middle linebacker 
He was a seven-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, AFC Defensive Rookie of the Year back in 96, two-time NFL Alumni Linebacker of the Year, NFL 2000s All-Decade Team, Miami Dolphins Honor Roll, and multiple other NFL awards. Um, he played 12 years for the Dolphins, one year for the Dallas Cowboys. He has 184 games in his NFL career, and 182 of those were starts. He was an animal. Um, the Dolphins didn't have a lot going for them back in the 2000s. Dolphins really haven't had anything going for them since Marino left, to be completely honest with you. But the one bright spot on those Dolphins teams is always Zach Thomas. You know, him and then Jason Taylor, those were the those were the boys, basically, for the Dolphins. That's why that defense was scary. They had, um, during those runs, they had Zach Thomas, they had Jason Taylor, they had... Um, Patrick certain they had a like the defense was nice but they couldn't do anything with the offense I mean it was like Dante Culp like they had so many different quarterbacks Dante Culpepper I don't know if Chad Henney was there when he was there but he was for a bit but like the offense was terrible with the defense like you didn't want to come up against that Dolphins defense like it was scary this is the second time he's up for the finalists in the pro football hall of fame I think he gets it eventually I mean Stats don't lie. Five time, five time first team All Pro, two time second team All Pro, seven time Pro Bowler, and he was on the All Decade team. Can't get better than that. So we should book it in Zach Thomas, future Hall of Famer. Yeah, a little short episode, kind of like last week, but it's a given considering we are only two games left remaining in this NFL season. We are almost at the Super Bowl, meaning we're gonna get some nice Eminem commercials. The Doritos commercials. What else are we going to get? What's your favorite Super Bowl commercial? We don't get blue. those in Canada. Stop rubbing it in. No, you can Wait, watch, no, you watch it on the American channel. Don't, yeah, like, you watch, watch the American on... broadcast. Yeah, come on. Come on. You got to I got, it out. I got uh, on my Bell account, I got Buffalo, NBC, and CBS. So I'm getting the Super Bowl on the Buffalo channels if the Bills Mafia makes it. Oh, my God. Toronto's going to be a little rowdy. But um, yeah, this is all for this episode of the Intermission Podcast. Make sure you join us. Not next week. I don't know when we're recording, actually, because there's that nice little window between uh, the conference championships and the Super Bowl. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the at Intermission CA. Dalton got some popping content. Let's just say our interactions are up. Make sure you check us out on Instagram. We got a lot of Bernie Sanders memes. And stay tuned because... In the coming weeks, we have something very special for you. And make sure you buy Unbench merch. We'll see you guys next time on the Intermission Sports Podcast. I'm just floating. My dog, I gun like somebody let me hold it. All these niggas phone it. I do not condone it. I be going ham. I do not belong it. It's a cold that moment, yeah. If all that cause I want it, yeah. I be on the corner, yeah. Fuck the law enforcement. Project baby got no stroller, but I keep pushing. Shout it love for me to choke when I'm in that pussy. And got a way to make them move as I be loaded. Why you watch a drink of 40? I just told it. Still that same.